the revelation of Jesus Christ. This book is more relevant, has more meaning to our day and age, more relevant than when John wrote it. Do you believe that? Do you understand that? Our God is bringing together the consummation of history and of the universe. And it's focused on this little speck hanging out in space. And that's what we need to focus on for these next months. I'm going to clear up a couple of things here and set some direction for us. I'd like us to just get a little bit of perspective on where we're going. I struggled with the title, The Seven Seals, in Revelation 6, because it wasn't my title. It was the printer of my Bible, New American Standard. It said The Seven Seals, so I thought, well, I can't figure out a title better than that. But then as I got through and studying it, I thought, this section is not seven seals. So the people that put my Bible together, they don't know how to count. There's only six in this chapter, only six seals. And so I thought, okay, I'll change it to six. And so I sent off my information to Makiku, who does the weekly bulletin. I sent it off and said, six seals. Because that's what's in chapter six, is six seals. There's not seven seals. Then I got to thinking, well, wait a minute, if you don't have six seals, you can't have the seventh. So then I went back and sent a memo to Makiko and I said, uh, change it back to seven seals. Just not to confuse people because I've got seven points in my outline this morning and I don't want to confuse anybody. There's another thing that I want to share with you that some of you are probably thinking, what is the difference between a vision, a dream, and a trance? Do you know the difference? Okay, basically, is a dream is something where, of course, you have it in your mind, oh, I'm gonna marry this handsome guy, and, uh, well, in my case, it would be this beautiful woman. She's right here, by the way. <laughs> and you can have that kind of a dream. You're not asleep. In fact, you're sitting in your college class dreaming of this. <laughs> and the teacher calls on you. Not that kind of a dream. I mean a real dream when you're... How many of you dream? Come on. Okay. How many times have you woken up and you thought, I've been somewhere, but I haven't been somewhere. I've been here in my snuggly bed. You were asleep and your mind moves around and there are emotions and things that are in our minds and we dream. I don't dream as much as I used to. It says old men dream dreams, but the Bible does but maybe I, my mind's weakening, I guess. Anyway, a dream is what you see in your mind when you're asleep or when you're just kind of letting your mind go. A trance is something that takes over in your soul and you become focused on an idea or a situation. But 
what we're dealing with here is a vision. And a vision is something that is very special and in biblical terms, God often speaks in visions. There's a lot in scripture concerning visions. You go back to Daniel and the kings, go to Joseph, others who had visions. They weren't asleep. But it is something that God does use. And in fact, we've even been hearing lately that because there is such resistance, I believe, in the Muslim world, there are many Muslim people who wake up in the middle of the night and they are seeing a vision of someone in white standing in the room saying to them, come. And they've wondered, what is this? And I've heard testimonies like this. And I've been to a conference where they were talking about these visions. And God is using that in the Islamic world to draw attention to his son, Jesus Christ. And it's led these people to search out the Bible to find out who is Jesus Christ of the Bible. Not of the Quran, but of the Bible. So God does use this, but we need to be cautioned. Dreams, visions, trances can also be used by the enemy and by evil spirits. And we need to check this out closely with the Bible. Dreams, visions, and trances need to be aligned or checked out whether they're biblical truth or not. They will not tell you something that is not in the Bible. Be careful about that. The Lord will show you something through a dream or a trance or a vision, but it will check out to be accurate and consistent with the Bible. And you'll have Bible proof for that. Just think of that in those terms. Be careful in your dreams or those things that may come to you that you would understand. Let's read this blessing that God has given to us in this book. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of the prophecy and heed the things which are written in it, for the time is near. Now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the living creatures say with a voice like thunder, Come! And I looked, and behold, a white horse, and its rider had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. And when he opened the second seal, I heard the second living creature say, Come! And out came another horse, bright red. Its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth, so that people should slay one another, and he was given a great sword. When he opened the third seal, I heard the third living creature say, Come! And I looked, and behold, a black horse, and its rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, 
and do not harm the oil and the wine. And when he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth living creature say, and I looked and behold, a pale horse, and its rider's name was Death, and Hades followed him. And they were given authority over the fourth of the earth to kill with sword and with famine and with pestilence and by wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness they had borne. And they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? And then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone slave and free hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come. Who will stand? This is just the beginning, folks, of a scary, scary scene that will be seen in these next weeks. And I want to prepare ourselves for that. Some of these things we can try to let our mind imagine, what is this? We can even ask the Lord, Lord, what is this? And we can go out on the internet, we can find all kinds of stuff that are contradictory and your mind just gets confused and you have to come back to, what is this whole book about? Who is the focus? Where is the focus? Because your mind can go this way and that way. And believe me, ask Katie, my mind has been going like crazy over trying to find out what does this mean and where is it going and what, what is the final focus? Can anyone tell me? Where is our focus in this book? Jesus Christ. Jesus himself is drawing attention to himself. That's where our focus needs to be. And all of these things that are out here, they're like a nightmare that you woke up from. And, and I didn't even mention nightmares. But... It's something that we can't really get our minds around and understand. And it brings fear into our hearts when we kind of let our minds go over some of these things. And I'll tell you, it gets scarier as we go in the detail in what is going to happen to humanity. So we need to have an anchor. We need to have something to hold our minds and our hearts and our spirits and to be able to encourage one another 
And that is in the Lamb. The Lamb. I would challenge you, go through your Bible this week and find out and underline and highlight the two words, the Lamb. Go through and find every one of them, every one of them in the book of Revelation. The Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb, the Lamb. It'll bring the reality of what this book is all about. This title of it is The Revelation of Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus Christ? Who is Jesus Christ? He's the Lamb. We will understand who He is, Jesus Christ, more thoroughly as we've gone through these messages. I will be anyway. Perhaps you will also, I pray. Here is a, I think I mentioned my friend David uh, Hagelberg, who is a missionary in Singapore. Dave is a theologian, and he has written a commentary on the book of Revelation. This is his diagram, and he told me and gave me permission. Dave said, we need to get this knowledge and understanding out to people about the book of Revelation to understand it. Okay, we've already gone through chapter 1, which is, well, it wasn't simple, it was complicated, but it was a vision of, of what John saw of Jesus in chapter 1. Chapters 2 to, to 3, he gives these messages to seven model, model in the sense of example churches in the Mideast, or actually in uh, Western Turkey. They were current churches in John's time time of the New Testament. And as those seven churches are chosen as kind of examples of the good, bad, ugly of the church of Jesus Christ, I believe, throughout history. And I don't necessarily see them as in a sequence of, of history, nor does Dave, but they are examples from John's current understanding of what those churches were like and what was good about them, what was bad about them. Then we get into chapter 4, and we deal with then the vision that he has beyond these churches, and what Jesus had to say about those seven churches, into John being called up in a vision, and it wasn't a dream, it was a vision, and seeing the throne room of God. And we went through that in chapters 4 and 5. But when we get to chapter 6, we deal with these seven seals. And you see them numbered up on the top there. One, two, three, four, five, six. And in seven, is not mentioned in chapter 6. It's mentioned actually in chapter 8. Because there's an interlude between chapter 6 and chapter 7. And Dave doesn't have that written in there. And I'm, I'm going to tell him about that and tell him to, he needs to put an interlude in there somehow. And Dave says, I can fix his stuff. And I have fixed a couple of his things, like the chart about the seven churches. We have some copies back there, I think, on the back table that I printed out. He's given me permission to do that. He says, we need to get this information out. This book is relevant for the churches today. That's what Dave says and what I say. So there's an interlude there. And then it goes on to talk about the seventh seal. Okay? 
But in the seventh seal, it's really talking about trumpets. And so the trumpets come out of the seventh seal. And those are then other conditions of what happens in the world through those trumpets. And as a trumpet blows, disaster happens. Trumpet blows, another disaster. Trumpet blows until you come to number six, and then number seven splits off into bowls. And bowls, as I prayed in my prayer, lifting our prayers in a bowl. They're the prayers of the saints. It's an incense bowl. And our prayers, the Bible says, are being stored in a bowl in heaven. I can't imagine how big that is. It probably doesn't need to be very big because our prayers are just words that go out in the air or from our hearts. But God is saving those up and he's going to answer them because he's the God that knows every wish, every prayer you ever had or ever thought of. He doesn't just throw them around and say, well, uh, I'll ignore that one for now. I'll get to this one because this is more important than that one. No, that's not the way God operates. When we pray in the name of Jesus Christ, those prayers are actual. Whether we form the words right, how many of you really know how to write good prayers? How many of you have written a prayer and posted it on your wall? Yeah, Madi has, she's honest. Haven't you ever practiced that? Katie does that. I think that we need to do that just to remind ourselves, you know what, God is posting it in his bowl. He has the ability to take all of our prayers that are prayed in faith in Jesus Christ. Not our wishes, not our wanna. I wanna have this. No, but those things that are actually born out of his spirit in our hearts. Think of your prayers that way. Contribute those prayers that you pray for your neighbor, your mother, your father, your brother. God remembers them all. Think of prayer in a different, of closing your eyes and folding your hands. Nowhere in the Bible does it say close your eyes and pray. Nor does it say anything about folding your hands. Sometimes people are flat out on their faces in prayer or kneeling. Prayer has substance to it. Do you know that our Lord Jesus Christ is in love with us? He's in love with you. He cares so much for you and where you are and what you're going through. So much so that he hung on a cross. He gave his own begotten son for us. Took our place. Took on himself human flesh without sin but became bread for us, that our souls can be fed and we can walk as victorious Christians through times like what we're about to talk about. That's the God who we love 
and we serve. And we know will take us through whatever we're facing. 2019 blessings to each one of you. It's enough to go around and it's enough to share with other people. Bless as you have been blessed. That's our commission. That's our assignment for 2019. Give away those 2019 blessings. The world is perishing. It's coming to an end. The Bible says it's wearing out like an old rag, an old garment. And what do you do with that? You put them in the bag and you set it out on the street and the garbage man comes and he just kind of takes it, throws it in the garbage can and goes to the next one. We're wearing out. The clock is ticking. And it is time for the church to wake up. Wake up, church. This is our opportunity that we have of blessing the people around us. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Peace be with you. Peace lead you. Peace guide you to those next to you, your family. You love them. So does the Prince of Peace. Love your family. Love your neighbor as yourself. And so fulfill his commandments. Simple as that. Amen. 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 Amen.